Welcome to English 304 Business Communications. Uh, basically, I just wanted to uh, briefly go over the syllabus uh, with the understanding that some of you hopefully will be available for Thursday of uh, next week, uh, which is when um, I will schedule uh, the first Zoom meeting for me to pretty much go over all of the things I'm about to discuss uh, in this audio. So on January 28th, I'm hoping that most of you will be available at 6.30 uh, for a Zoom meeting. That will last about 45 minutes to an hour so that um, I can uh, clarify even more some of the uh, assignments listed in your syllabus. And on that note, um, your first presentation, oral presentation, the to inform presentation, which right now is scheduled for January 28th, uh, will be um, moved back to the February 11th. So I'm going to give you extended time on the to inform oral presentation. And on that note, let me start discussing what you will be graded on in this course. If you take a look at the really first page of the syllabus under major assignments and valuations, I want you to note what you will be graded on. There will be three oral presentation assignments. The first is to inform, the second one to persuade, the third one to argue. Then there are, of course, the discussion forums, which you have already started work on those. Okay, and there's a, a total of eight weekly forums that are already posted under the forum section. Then 20% is devoted to your individual research project paper. Okay, it's just basically a research paper, okay, that will be at least five pages in length, okay, and we'll have to have two supporting academic criticisms. That is due February 18th by 10 p.m. Then I devote 10% to the homework portfolio and 20% to the team project. Okay, what are you supposed to do? What should you get started on in terms of these assignments? Well, first, I'll talk about in detail your three oral presentations. What are you supposed to do for those? Well, uh, if you have been checking your emails, I have sent you a list of business-related topics, okay? Um, if you look at those topics, you'll see that I have given you some hints, some examples of the types of subjects you can talk about when it comes down to business communications, okay? Uh, by now, all of you should have read the first few chapters in your textbook. And I hope that in the first chapter, you noted the definition of business communications, okay? Basically, business communications is very important. And when we talk about business communications, what are we talking about? We're talking about... Uh, the form of 
translating information, uh, you know, communicating information that's business related, whether it's oral or written, okay? And in the business world, I think all of you probably know this, uh, writing and speaking are very important in terms of having successful business communication, okay? So I want you to understand that the definition of business communications discussed by the, the editors of this textbook is very, very important in terms of understanding what you need to focus on for this course. So for the three oral presentations, okay, the to inform, the to persuade, and the final oral presentation being the to argue presentation, all of that should be based on the types of business-related topics that I sent to you a few days ago. For example, when we talk about business, okay, in this class, I want you to pick topics for your papers, for your presentations that are related to finance, money. So I want you to choose topics like Wall Street, okay, the uh, tariffs, uh, the program, the Chinese tariffs that Trump imposed when he was still president. Uh, you can talk about unemployment. You can talk about, um, in terms of the state of North Carolina, you can talk about North Carolina lottery system. Uh, you can talk about uh, the jobless rates in North Carolina. You can talk about um, the unemployment and, and the effects of the pandemic on the state of North Carolina. Uh, anything that's related to finance, anything connected to money and numbers, those topics will be good to discuss, whether you talk about them in your oral presentations or in the one paper that is required, okay? I'll give you an example, and I will send um, an example of what your outline should look like for each oral presentation. For example, the Affordable Care Act, or as you know it, the Obamacare uh, Act, the Health Care Act, uh, which uh, became law uh, a few years ago. Now, as most of you have probably heard, the Affordable Care Act is before the Supreme Court right now. And a lot of people were afraid, uh, particularly right before the election, they were afraid that once the Affordable Care Act was sent before a mostly conservative nine-justice Supreme Court, that it would be automatically struck down. Well, that did not tend to be the case. Right now, it is pending. Uh, the justices, the Supreme Court justices, are still considering how they're going to rule on the Affordable Care Act. The Trump administration wanted to uh, rid the country of the Affordable Care Act. In other words, they wanted to do away with a workable health care plan that basically ensured 
millions of people. They wanted to do away with that during a pandemic. And uh, personally, I think Trump just wanted to do away with it because it was named after his predecessor. So right now, the Supreme Court is weighing whether they are uh, strike it down or keep it intact. A lot of people who uh, have studied the court believe that the Supreme Court justices will, in the majority, rule to keep it intact. Let's hope that that's the case. Okay, so if you choose Obamacare to either write a paper on or maybe do one of your oral presentations on, it is an appropriate topic because it is connected to our economy. Okay? Uh, For example, if you wanted to do your to-inform presentation on Obamacare, what you could do is talk about the basic tenets of the law, okay? Of course, under Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, um, parents can keep their children on their plan up until the child or the children turn 26. And then, uh, of course, the uh, insurance helped a lot of people who could not afford insurance. There were a lot of good things, or there are a lot of good things about Obamacare, that if you chose this to do your presentation on, uh, you could talk about how the program came uh, to become law, how Uh, The program, the insurance program, really does benefit uh, Americans. So, when I say oral presentation, this is what I'm talking about. For the to-inform presentation, all you're going to do is pick a business-related topic, like Obamacare. And you're going to, for about seven minutes or so, in a Zoom presentation. Talk to your fellow classmates about the program. In other words, all you're going to do for the to inform presentation is inform us about the makeup of the insurance program, Obamacare, okay? So when you see the different types of oral presentations. I want you to understand what you need to do for each. For the first oral presentation, which I have uh, extended the due date on that, the to inform presentation should be based on a business-related topic like Obamacare, but you could also choose to uh, talk about Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoin uh, is becoming more and more popular, and a lot of people still don't fully understand what Bitcoin is. So if you chose Bitcoin, that would be a great business-related topic. And in your seven, eight-minute presentation, uh, you would tell us about two, maybe three major components about that particular program or topic. So for Obamacare, you will have a thesis statement in your outline 
that discusses maybe two or three important elements of Obamacare. If you chose Bitcoin in your informative presentation, you could tell us uh, the basic uh, details about what Bitcoin is. When did it start? Okay, so keep this in mind. The two informed presentation is based on a business-related topic that you're going to inform us about. Now, I have not yet sent it, but I will uh, email everyone a sample outline, which all of you should use as a model for what you are supposed to do for me. So, prior to your two informed presentation, what are you supposed to do? I want you to choose a business-related topic, whether it's Obamacare, Bitcoin, uh, the North Carolina State Lottery, uh, the unemployment uh, program, particularly in North Carolina. Uh, if you wanted to just do a general uh, discussion or overview about how the pandemic has impacted the North Carolina economy, you could do that. The point is, for the first oral presentation, you will only talk about the basic tenets of the topic or the program. You're only going to explain what it is about the topic you want us to know, okay? So, in the outline that you need to do prior to your oral presentation, you need to have an introductory paragraph which will outline basic information about the topic. Then, separate from that paragraph, you will have a one-sentence thesis statement. And I want you to keep this in mind. A thesis statement is very important, not just for your oral presentations, but for the paper that you'll have to do uh, later on in this session. What is a thesis? A thesis is a statement of purpose. I should be able to look at your thesis statement and tell point by point what you are going to talk about in your oral presentation, okay? So I would recommend that for each of your oral presentations, on your outline, you have a brief introductory paragraph. After that, a one-sentence thesis statement, which outlines maybe two or three points about the topic that you've chosen. And then in items one, two, and three, you can break down those points in your thesis statement and briefly elaborate on those particular points. And then at the bottom of the page, have a brief concluding paragraph. That is just the basic setup of what I would like to see in your oral presentation outlines, okay? So, say if I chose Obamacare to do my first oral presentation on, what would I turn in? What do I want for each of the oral presentations? What I would turn in if I was a student is an outline, a typed outline, that will outline exactly what my thoughts are on the particular topic. So if I'm going to do a two informed presentation 
on Obamacare. I'm not going to argue anything. I'm not going to try to persuade you about the program. I'm going to just inform you about the program. And the thesis statement should be based on two, maybe three major components of the program that you want to explain to us about. Okay, so keep that in mind. The to inform presentation is not anything but informing us about your topic. So for Obamacare, if any of you want to choose that, make sure you look at the sample outline that I'm going to send everybody. Uh, if you want to do a to inform presentation on the North Carolina State Lottery. Again, all you would be doing is informing us about the program. When did it start? Uh, exactly what programs are funded uh, on, based on the lottery money that comes in. So that is what you're going to be doing when you do the oral presentations. Uh, for the to inform oral presentation. All you're going to do is choose a business-related topic that you can inform us about. And all you're going to do is base your thesis statement on two or three major components about that topic. Okay? So what do you turn into me? Are you doing a paper for each of the oral presentations? No. But you are going to do some research. For the to inform presentation, what you need to do is, number one, turn in the outline. Number two, turn in a works cited page. Why are you going to do a works cited page? Because for the to inform presentation, you need to have at least one backup source. Okay? And your sources can come from periodicals. Now, what do I mean by periodical? That means from newspaper or magazine sources. More than likely, uh, your business-related topics are going to be uh, updated. They're going to be uh, very, very relevant now. So that means that to find the most current information, you need to probably go to newspapers. Uh, one favorite newspaper of mine is News and Observer. And I don't know if you've already read a few of the articles that I've sent your way, but all of those articles have come from the News and Observer. Okay? So, for each of your oral presentations, you're going to have to utilize what I call secondary sources, okay? Or backup sources that support at least some of what you're trying to talk about. So, for the to inform presentation, what I would do, I would go to uh, the News and Observer and find an article that basically is backing up some of what I'm trying to say about the program. Okay? So, all you would need to do is get a newspaper article, maybe a magazine article, um, possibly a journal article that outlines the major components of. Obamacare. Then you would list that source on a works cited page. Okay? All right, so 
what are you turning in to me for each oral presentation? All you need to do is send me a typed outline and a works cited page, okay? In addition to what you should be doing and what is required, I want you to also have a visual aid, okay? Now, I recommend that all of you consider doing short PowerPoints that will help you in, in an online environment. Um, basically, since we're no longer in the classroom at this moment, what I want to see is that you have a typed outline, a typed works cited page, and a PowerPoint that outlines the highlights of your discussion. So I recommend that for each scheduled Zoom meeting, when you have to do your presentations, make sure that you have a PowerPoint that you can talk us all through. So this is how it's going to be organized for each scheduled day where presentations uh, have to be given. I will send all of you uh, Zoom invitations, okay? And on the day of the presentations, preferably around 6.30, all of us will be on for you to do your presentations. And I will enable my screen so that everybody can see each other's PowerPoints. And then I will call on each of you to set up your PowerPoint and then commence your presentation for seven or eight minutes. So for the to inform presentation, okay, I want you to choose a business-related topic that you can inform us about and make sure that your topic is related to the economy. Uh, make sure that in your presentation you talk numbers, you bring in numbers uh, to help illustrate what it is you're talking about. So I just gave you an example of what you could talk about uh, for the two informed presentation. Obamacare is a great one. Uh, the North Carolina State Lottery and how that program works is another one. Uh, you could talk about uh, Bitcoin. Uh, you could talk about uh, the Republican tax plan that was passed in 2017. Talk about who it actually benefited and who it did not benefit, okay? If you remember, it was the Republican uh, tax plan that cost uh, trillions of dollars, okay? Which most people will say only benefited the rich. So if you wanted to inform us about what that program actually did, you could do that, okay? So what are you turning into me? Type outline, works cited page, and a copy of whatever your visual aid is going to be. And again, I, I, must, I must stress this, you should have a PowerPoint presentation. That will make doing your presentation that much easier. And for about seven or eight minutes, as you, you know, go through the slides of your PowerPoint, you can uh, explain to us in detail 
what you are trying to say about that particular topic. Okay? The to persuade presentation, oral presentation, which right now is scheduled for the 11th of February. What is that? What are you supposed to do? Well, more than likely what I'm going to do is uh, push the to inform presentation to February 11th, okay? And then on February the 25th is probably when I'll do your to persuade presentations. All right, what's the difference between the to persuade and the to inform? All right, for the to persuade presentation, again, you need to turn in a typed outline uh, organized in the way I described when I was talking about Obamacare. So you just turn in a typed outline, a works cited page, and of course a PowerPoint. And it will be based on what? A business-related topic. But this time, instead of informing us about the topic, you will try to present a persuasive argument about the topic. Okay? Now, what's the difference between persuasive and argumentative. Persuasive is when you just show your side of the argument. In other words, all you're going to do during your oral presentation is persuade us to your side of whatever the argument is. For example, you could take Obamacare once again and do a persuasive or argumentative presentation. Uh, you could talk about what side of the argument you're on when it comes down to whether you feel Obamacare has been effective or not. Okay? So, for the to persuade presentation, okay, again, like for the to inform, all you need is one source coming from either a newspaper or a magazine. Okay, that's all I want, one source. And, of course, that source will be documented on your works cited page. So, again, you're not doing a paper for any of these oral presentations. All you're going to do is an outline, a works cited page, and a PowerPoint or some type of visual aid, okay, for seven or eight minutes you will present your information, okay? Now, for the to persuade presentation, I would recommend that you follow the sample outline that I will be sending soon. Make sure that you have all of the relevant information I asked for. A short introductory paragraph that provides a brief backdrop on the topic, and then your thesis statement, in this case, will look a little more argumentative, okay? It could look something like this. I feel that Obamacare should stay intact because it has been a big boost to the U.S. economy, comma, and it has ensured millions of people who would not ordinarily be able to afford health insurance. Those are two major points that are persuasive in nature. And then what I would do, if I were a student, I would, during my seven, eight-minute presentation, 
talk in detail about the reasons why I feel Obamacare is a good program. So on your outline, make sure that you adapt the outline to look like a persuasive presentation. And again, like I said, break down the points in your thesis statement. Say a little bit about each of those points in your outline. And then have a short concluding paragraph. You'll see all of this in the sample outline that you'll be getting soon. All right? So keep in mind, you're not doing papers, many papers. All you're doing is your homework. You're going to get research. You're going to establish a PowerPoint, and you need to type up an outline for each of these oral presentations. Now, the third oral presentation, and the last, is the to argue. Now, what is the difference between to persuade and to argue? Persuasive, as I said earlier, is when you're showing just your side of the argument. For a to argue presentation, the difference is you're bringing in both sides. But, of course, you're going to argue your side of the argument, okay? So in an argumentative presentation or paper, you need to bring in your argument, but also show us what the opposition is saying to your argument, okay? So the difference is for the argumentative presentation, you have to bring in both sides, but make sure that you argue your side of the argument. So note that for the two argue presentation, instead of just one source, I require three sources, okay? That means two sources should be utilized to strengthen your side of the argument. But guess what the third source is? You need to bring in one opposition source. And during your oral presentation, of course, you'll strengthen your argument, your side of the argument, by utilizing two relevant sources. But you also need to bring in a relevant source that is in clear opposition to what you're trying to say. All right? So that is why three sources are required for the to-argue presentation, okay? Which right now is scheduled for February 25th, okay? So what's the difference? To persuade, you're only presenting your side of the argument. To argue, you're going to present your side, but you're also going to briefly mention the opposition. So two sources for your position, one source representing the opposition. Okay, And then, of course, you'll turn in your typed outline. And on your Works Cited page, you should have listed at least three secondary sources. Okay, So taking a look at your syllabus, I explain all of this in detail. Each presentation should not exceed seven minutes, although if you do, I will not take points off. 
you need to turn in typed outlines and visual aids. I already explained to you that the visual aids should take the form of PowerPoints. One secondary source should be used for the to inform and the to persuade presentations. But as I mentioned in the syllabus, you need three sources for the argumentative presentation, okay? Two sources for your side and one source representing the opposition, okay? So, again, look at the business-related topics list that I sent you. And uh, during our Zoom meeting, which I'm going to schedule for January 28th, I will discuss in more detail some other things you can think about uh, in terms of what to choose for either your oral presentations or the individual research paper, which I'm going to discuss now. Right now, the due date for your research paper is February 18th, okay? Now, I'll discuss this in more detail later, but I wanted to kind of give you the, a gist of what to expect. The paper will be organized in the following way. I want at least five pages. That's not including the works cited page. Of course, it will be typed according to MLA, all right? So some of you are familiar with APA, but this is a course under the Department of English, so you will follow MLA rules, okay? And on that note, I do have a library presentation scheduled, which I hope all of you can participate in. Um, the discussion by the librarian will help you in terms of learning about the different databases, the research databases that are available to you through the library portal, okay? Now, that presentation will take 45 minutes, maybe an hour, and the librarian will explain to you how to find research, critical sources, secondary sources to help support either your oral presentations or this paper that I'm about to discuss. So make sure you can be available for around 6.15 on the scheduled date for the library presentation because it will help you in so many ways. The librarian will also discuss MLA, how to do proper documentation of your sources, how to set up your paper according to MLA, okay? So in a nutshell, what are you supposed to do for the paper, the only research paper you're going to do? Well, like you did for the oral presentations, you're going to choose a business-related topic. And in paper form, you're going to uh, utilize your uh, paper by talking about either through a to-inform, a to-persuade, or to-argue mode, you're going to discuss that business-related topic. So what can you choose? Uh, if you chose Obamacare to do an oral presentation on, you can take that same topic and build your paper on it, okay? Now, how will you organize that paper? Uh, 
Well, you'll have to have a strong introduction. Okay? And keep this in mind. My paragraphs, the paragraphs that I want to see, should be at least five sentences or more in length. I do not like short paragraphs. So if your paragraphs are getting a little long, don't worry about it. Why do I say that? Because in the paper itself, you're going to be required to do a number of things, okay, which may lengthen uh, your paragraphs. So in the introduction, this is what I want to see. Whether you're going to do a to-persuade or a to-inform or a to-argue uh, way of, of talking about your topic, I want you in the first paragraph to give general information about the topic, okay? So, for example, if you're going to write on Obamacare, in the first paragraph, you should say a little bit about Obamacare. You should uh, give us some background information on Obamacare, whether it's going to be a to-persuade or to-inform or to-argue presentation in paper form. So in the introduction, say a little bit about Ob Obamacare. When did it start? When was it proposed? What is its current status right now? Okay, that is how you will start the introduction. Now, the last sentence in the introduction should be your thesis statement. I mentioned this earlier in talking about your outlines. Thesis statement is very important. And right now I'm going to make it very clear. In your papers, your formal papers, you may use the first person narrative. What does that mean? You may use I. So if I'm going to do, say, an argumentative paper on Obamacare, in my first paragraph, I would say a little bit about the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. And then in my last sentence, my thesis statement, I will utilize two, maybe three reasons why I feel the program should be kept in place or why it should be dismantled. Okay? So I should be able to look at your thesis statement and tell point by point what you are going to discuss discuss in the body of the paper. <clears throat> so, if I utilized an argumentative approach to Obamacare, in my paper, I would need to utilize three sources, just like the oral presentation, okay? So, depending on what approach you're taking in your papers will determine the number of sources required. So if you're going to do an argumentative paper, say on Obamacare, you need to bring in three sources. Two sources that back you up, back up at least one of the points in your thesis statement, and of course one source that represents the opposition. And you're going to quote from all three of those sources somewhere in the body of your paper. Okay? And you'll only bring in a quote from the opposition just to refute it. In other words, you're going to um, create a debate, but in written form. Make sure that you strongly argue your side of the issue. But at the same time, bring in 
what the opposition is saying, okay? So don't weaken your argument by overemphasizing what the opposition is saying. But if, an, if you have an argumentative approach, you need to at least bring in what the opposition is trying to say, but only bring it in to refute it, to strengthen your side of the argument, okay? So for the individual research papers, this is the breakdown. You need to, in a five-page paper, not including the works cited page, you need to have a strong introduction that basically sums up or informs your reader about the topic you've chosen. You will go from general to specific by, at the end of the introduction, bringing in a thesis statement that clearly outlines the exact points that you want to discuss in the body of the paper, okay? I would recommend at least two points that you can fully develop in the body of the paper. Now, in the body of the paper, what are you doing? You're supporting each point in your thesis statement by bringing in uh, examples, details, and, of course, your own opinion. So, in an argumentative paper on Obamacare, what would I do? I would devote at least one paragraph to each of the reasons that I am for or against Obamacare. Okay? And keep this in mind. You need to quote, directly quote, from the required sources. Okay? In an argumentative paper, I told you you need three. But if you do your paper based on either to inform or to persuade, then you only need two sources. Okay? Keep that in mind. On average, you're only going to be required to have two sources unless you do an argumentative paper. Okay? So depending on what format you're going to take, what approach you're going to take will depend on, of course, the number of sources. So for the to inform or to persuade uh, approach in your paper, you only need two sources. For the to argue paper, you need three, just like the oral presentation, okay? So strong introduction. In the body of the paper, you need to devote at least one paragraph. And I told you, no short paragraphs. Paragraphs should be at least five or more sentences in length. So if I'm going to argue Obamacare and um, how it is a boost to the economy, then what will I do? I will uh, utilize the research database, search it, try to find a legitimate source that may support what I'm trying to say about how Obamacare uh, is a benefit, a boost to the U.S. economy. So what will I do? I will directly quote from that source as part of my argument, okay, to help boost my argument on that particular point. Now, do you have to find uh, three source, uh, two sources in this case 
that back up every last one of the reasons in your thesis? No, you don't. As long as you find two sources that support at least one of your thesis points and at least one source that serves as an opposition to one of your thesis points, then that will be fine, okay? And you need to utilize direct quotes from each of those sources. Whether it's a to inform or to persuade or to argue paper, you still need to bring in direct quotes from the required sources, okay? So what will I do in the body of my paper? I will devote at least one paragraph to each of my thesis statement points. And within those paragraphs, I will bring in my own opinion, my own thoughts, as well as any direct quotes that help support what I'm trying to say. And keep this in mind, whenever you directly quote something, you need to make sure that you understand MLA format for parenthetical documentation. I'll briefly explain what I mean by that. After each direct quote, in the parentheses, you need to give credit to whatever the source is that you're using. Uh, rule of thumb, if your source has page numbers, which more than likely it will, okay, this is what you will do. Say if you mention the author before the direct quote, what would you put in the parentheses? Well, if you mention the author's name before his or her quote, then in the parentheses, you don't have to repeat that author's name. You just put the page or page numbers in the parentheses. Close the parentheses and put the period at the end. Now, that's if you mention the author's name before the quote. I'll give you an example. According to Dr. Jones, okay, and you're quoting from Dr. Jones's article in the News and Observer, okay? All right, what would you put in the parentheses if you said according to Dr. Jones? And the quote came from page nine. Well, what would you put in the parentheses? Just the number nine. Close the parentheses, put your period. Now, if you didn't mention Dr. Jones before the quote, then you would put in the parentheses, Jones, no comma, and the pay, and nine, just the number nine. Not P-A-G-E or P-G dot. Just put nine. Close the parentheses, okay? So the basic rule of thumb is when you're utilizing a source that has page numbers, and you quote from that source, then that's the way you would set up your parenthetical documentation. If you mention the author's name before the quote, then in the parentheses, you only have to put the page number where the quote came from, and vice versa. Okay? If you don't mention the author's name before the quote, then in the parentheses, you put last name, no comma, page number. Okay? And I'll explain this in more detail uh, as the session continues, but I just wanted you to understand the importance of parenthetical documentation in a paper, okay? 
Of course, you're not going to be utilizing that so much in the oral presentations, but in the formal paper, you need to incorporate direct quotes and document them correctly. And the way you do that in MLA is to utilize what we call in-text citation or parenthetical documentation. Now, if you utilize sources that for whatever reason don't have page numbers, then what you would do consistently, whether you mention the author's name before the direct quote or not, in the parentheses, if your source has no page numbers, this is how it would look. Last name of the author and the four-digit year of publication. Okay, Close the parentheses, put your period. That's only if you're quoting from sources that have no page numbers. Now, I have simplified the rules because MLA is a little more complicated than that when dealing with electronic sources that don't have page numbers. But for the benefit of this class, I'm going to simplify the rules and just want you to document electronic sources in the way that I just described. Last name, four-digit year of publication. That's all you have to do. Keep this in mind. Organizationally, each paper needs to have a strong introduction. I just talked about what you need to do in the body of the paper. Remember, the paper should not be dominated by a lot of quotes and facts and, and numbers. You should bring in your thoughts, your original thoughts, okay, and or opinions, okay? Even though a lot of this information uh, you would have just learned, but try to personalize your papers by not letting your information overwhelm your own point of view, okay? So the reason why I'm allowing you to use I is because I want to read not just a lot of information from other sources, but I also want to see a little bit of you in these papers. So in each paragraph, Devote it to each point in your thesis statement. You need to do more than just bring in quotes and information from other sources. You need to bring in your own legitimate voice. Okay? And depending on the business-related topic, uh, will determine how easy or how hard that might be. Okay? Organizationally, you need an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. In the concluding paragraph, this is what I want you to do. First part of the conclusion, you need to restate your thesis statement. For the rest of the concluding paragraph, this is what I want you to do. Talk about, number one, what did you learn as a result of doing this research paper? Number two, bring in any personal connections to the topic. Uh, for example, if you're writing a paper on the uh, Affordable Care Act, you can talk about people that you know that have benefited from the program or if you yourself have benefited from it. In other words, try to personalize um, the, the paper. 
talk about any personal connections with the topic itself. Um, if you don't have any personal experience that connects, then talk about how the topic is, you know, relevant in our current day society. In other words, if you're doing something on Obamacare, you could update us on the current status of Obamacare. And I explained to you earlier uh, where it is right now. It's before the U.S. Supreme Court. So your concluding paragraph should wrap everything up, but I want you to incorporate some answers to those questions that I just posed. What did you gain from doing the research? Okay. What personal connections do you have with the topic? Update us on where this topic is. What's going on currently with it? So if you didn't get a chance to talk about recent developments um, on the topic in the body of the paper, then utilize the concluding paragraph to bring in current developments. Okay? So by the end of the paper, okay, you should have five complete pages with the works cited page being the sixth page. Okay? Organizationally, you should have a strong introduction, body, and conclusion. Okay? Three things I'm going to look at when I grade these papers are content, organization, and grammar. And on that note, there is a great grammar handbook in the back of your text. Okay? Great grammar handbook. And I want you to look at some of the major grammatical errors that you should avoid in a final draft. Okay? In the back of your book, look up subject-verb disagreement. Look up what a sentence fragment is. Look up what a comma splice is. And what is a fused or run-on sentence? Those are major grammatical errors. And what I will do is send you supplemental material on grammar so that when you're writing your papers, you will know to avoid those types of errors. So when I grade your papers, I'm looking at content, meaning did you say what you had to say effectively? Did you bring in enough supporting examples and details? Strong research, okay? Did you do what you were supposed to do in terms of making an effective argument or discussion? Organization, I just talked about. Did you have a strong introduction? Did you have enough uh, examples and details in the body of your paper? to support your thesis statement. I'm going to look to see if you did have a thesis statement, okay? Because keep in mind, if you don't have a strong thesis, the rest of your paper is gonna go nowhere. Okay, so I'm gonna look for a thesis statement. I'm going to look to see if you supported that thesis statement in the appropriate way by bringing in examples, good discussion, good secondary sources? And did you have a strong conclusion? So those are the three components that I'm going to utilize when I grade your papers. Okay? 
And of course, I'll discuss this in more detail uh, a little bit later on. This is not going to be the final or the only audio recording, okay? So, with that discussed, I'll briefly talk about the homework portfolio and the team project. Homework portfolio, basically all I want you to do is make sure you do the end of chapter exercises outlined in your calendar and make sure that you do those exercises, that homework on time and email those assignments directly to me on the days due. But at the end of the session, I want you to basically put all of those homework assignments in an electronic folder, okay? And turn it in to me at the end of the session. And that will serve as 10% of your grade. So make sure that you turn in your homework on the days due, but then at the end of the session, make sure that you compile all of that homework into an electronic folder and then email that compressed folder to me, okay? The team project will involve at least two teams, okay? And I will assign the uh, projects, the, the, the teams. I will give you an assignment sheet, okay? Uh, telling you what particular team you belong to. Now, what does this require? You will be basically, as a team, doing what you had to do as individuals for the oral presentations. Okay, just like for the individual oral presentations, each team only has to turn in an outline, a PowerPoint, and a works cited page. The difference now is, though, you're going to take a business-related topic and, as a team, decide on who does what to ultimately come up with a seven- or eight-minute presentation that's going to be conducted on the last day of class. So each team member needs to have a certain part to play. Um, a team leader should be established who will basically assign duties to each team member. Uh, one person may do the research. Another person may uh, come up with the PowerPoint. Another person may actually uh, type up the outline. Okay, Different things can be done as a team. And at the end of the day, I want to know that everybody participated. And once I hear that, I will give everybody the same grade. So on the last day of class, each one of you in the team will present his or her part. So it's going to be conducted pretty much like the oral presentations. Okay. So I will explain that in more detail come Tuesday um, on January 28th. Okay. For right now, I will close uh, this particular audio. I will send a subsequent audio prior to Tuesday, 
January 28th. But for right now, I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough for you to fully understand some of these assignments. And I'll explain in even more detail uh, some other things you need to know about these assignments. I wanted to do a quick overview of the syllabus for English 304, Spring B. And what I'm going to do is just talk about the assignments in a little more detail to kind of give you an idea about what you, you need to know and uh, when to start work on certain things. If you take a look at the major assignments and valuations section, you'll note that there are three oral presentations that will take place this session. They are the to inform presentation, the to persuade presentation, and the last one is the to argue presentation. Now exactly what do I want you to do for these presentations? Of course, we're not in the classroom. This is totally online. So what I'm going to do is via Zoom, there will be scheduled times for each of these presentations. And this is what you need to start planning to do. For each presentation, what you need to have for me is an outline, a works cited page, and some type of visual aid to assist you in your presentation. And in this case, since we're online, I would recommend that all of you uh, think about doing short PowerPoint presentations, okay? And so on the day of the presentations, what I will do, probably get started around 6.30, I will uh, share my screen, and each of you will talk through your PowerPoint presentation, okay? So I'll explain that in a little more detail later, uh, but for right now, just be prepared to set aside the dates that you see on the syllabus, the dates for presentations, okay? Uh, the first presentation, the to inform presentation, is scheduled for March 23rd. I may or may not stick with that date. The two persuade presentations are scheduled for March 30th, and the two argue presentations are scheduled for April 13th. Now, what are you supposed to do for each of these oral presentations? Again, this course is business communications, right? And what I want you to do is, prior to the scheduled Zoom meeting, next week, I want you to look at chapter one, the very first chapter that talks about what business communications really is. Um, that is a very good chapter to kind of introduce you to what it is when we say business communications. What is it, simply? It's when we communicate in the business world, okay, via either an oral presentation or in the written form. So communications can take the form of both written or oral, okay? And, of course, the subject is business. And I hope all of you uh, saw the list of business-related topics that I sent you, 
okay? And you may want to utilize that list when you're thinking about what you want to do these presentations on. And let me make this clear. You are supposed to choose a business-related topic that in itself discusses uh, business or financially related issues, okay? And, and again, on that list that I sent, I, you know, I give you different subjects that are clearly business-related. For example, on the list that I sent you, um, I have the North Carolina State Lottery. I have the, the Affordable Care Act or the Obamacare as a, a great topic for uh, business discussion, okay? Uh, you can talk about Bitcoin, okay? Wall Street, okay? There's uh, the current $1.9 trillion pandemic bill that was passed, okay? So for the first presentation, the to and form presentation, all you need to do is choose a topic similar to the ones that I just talked about. And for the first presentation, the to inform presentation, all you're going to do is inform us about that particular topic. So, for example, if you want to do Obamacare, okay, all you need to do is sketch out the major components of Obamacare, okay, in the written outline, the typed outline that you'll be sending me. And on that note, you need to look at the sample outline that I sent early on, okay? And if you noticed, in the sample outline, I have Obamacare as the topic, okay? So follow that outline sample when you're coming up with your own outlines. But, you know, in short, what you're going to do is choose a business-related topic. And if it's Obamacare, all you need to do is outline the major components that you want to discuss, that you're going to educate the rest of us about, okay? So what you're going to do is make up a PowerPoint. And I recommend that you set up the slides of the PowerPoint with as much information as possible informing us about what makes up the ACA, okay? So when I set aside the time for presentations, what you'll do is introduce who you are to the rest of the class. Now, all of this is happening via Zoom. And then you'll commence to set up your PowerPoint and you'll talk through uh, your PowerPoint slides. And then after you are finished, you will ask your classmates, do they have any questions, okay? That's the way each of these presentations are gonna be organized. So for the first presentation, what do you need to do? Well, if you look at your syllabus, I make it very clear that for the first two presentations, you need to bring in at least one secondary source, okay? And I would recommend that for these presentations and, of course, your individual research project or paper, uh, you utilize what we call periodicals, okay? The most up-to-date information is what you probably 
should try to use as a source. So when we say periodicals, we're talking about not just journal articles or recent journal articles, but magazines and, and newspapers. If you've noticed, I've been sending you uh, several uh, newspaper articles from the News and Observer in Raleigh. Okay, If nothing else, take a look at some of those articles. Um, all of those articles are based on business-related topics. So if you uh, want to utilize a topic from any of those those articles, feel free, okay? So my recommendation is that you choose a source that supports at least a part of what you're trying to say about the topic. So if you choose Obamacare, find a legitimate source from either the newspapers or the magazines or find an academic journal that's peer-reviewed, okay, and the librarian is scheduled to talk to you um, on March the 29th about these very issues, how to find research in the library, okay? So uh, I've already sent you the link for the, uh, the library presentation. It is March 30th, not March the 29th. So on March 30th, I hope you set aside some time to engage in the library presentation because uh, Chip Larkin is going to be the librarian that gives you an overview about how to find research for the various business-related topics, okay? So what you'll do for each of the oral presentations is find one source for the to and form. You're recommended or you're required to find one source, backup source, for the to persuade presentation, which is uh, due on that very same day, March 30th, when we have the library presentation, okay? And then with the to argue presentation, you're required to bring in three sources. Now, why is that? Okay, when you do an argumentative approach. You have to show both sides of the issue. Of course, you're going to take a stand on that particular topic. The ACA, Obamacare, one of my favorite topics. You can approach that topic in several ways. You can do a to inform, or you could do a to persuade or a to argue. The difference between persuasion and argument is this. With the to persuade presentation, you only have to argue your side. You only have to present your side of an argument. So you can pick an argumentative topic for the to persuade, but all you need to do is talk about your argument, your side of the argument. Whereas with to argue, the to argue presentation, you present your opinion, your side of an argument, okay? But you also have to uh, talk about what the opposition is saying. So the requirement for the last presentation is three sources, meaning you should have two sources to back up your thesis statement, your side of the argument, 
and the third source will represent the opposition. So in your, me and your presentation, in our Zoom meeting, when you're doing your to argue uh, presentation, you need to, during your presentation, mention what the opposition is saying against your side of the argument. Okay, so two sources to back up what you want to say, one source that represents the opposition to your side of the argument. Okay, that's the reason why I require three sources for the argumentative presentation. Okay, but going back to the first uh, presentation, which right now is scheduled for March 23rd, okay, what you need to do is pick a topic, a business related topic. Okay, that is related to business, and you need to uh, reference numbers, okay, financial figures in some form or fashion, okay, because this is business related. Okay, so what you'll do is choose something like Obamacare, you'll type up an outline and use the example that I sent. You'll send the outline, the typed outline, to me. And you'll email all assignments directly to one of the two email addresses that I have listed on your syllabus. Okay, there is no uh, site on you know the Genzibar site where you place your assignments. You just email all assignments directly to me. So prior to the presentation date. You need to email me by no later than, than that Monday night, okay? You need to email me a copy of your outline, your PowerPoint, and a works cited page that lists the sources, the source or the sources that you utilized in getting this information. And then during your oral presentation, you need to say something about that source or sources, okay? So, right now, as it appears, uh, March 23rd is coming up very fast. I may just change that due date um, to March 30th for the to inform. So, instead of the to persuade uh, presentations starting on um, March 30th, we'll just start the to inform presentations on March 30th. That will give you more time to acclimate to what this course is all about. It will give you more time to basically uh, find your sources, uh, choose a topic, find your sources, all of that. So I think giving you another week to prepare for these uh, presentations will help you in the long run, okay? So, I will send an email notification about this, but March 30th will be the date when the two informed presentations actually begin. And on Monday, by 10 p.m., prior to all the scheduled presentation dates, you need to have sent me an outline copy of your PowerPoint that you're going to use in the presentation and a works 
Cited page. Okay. Now for the Works Cited page and how to set that up. There's information in your textbook, but I'm going to also, prior to the library presentation, send you an MLA link. Okay. This course falls under the English department, and the reason for that is because this course is about communication through mainly writing, okay? So in English, in an English department, we normally use MLA, okay, for our documentation, not APA, MLA. Keep that in mind. So what I'm going to do is send uh, a Purdue OWL link to the MLA edition. And on that link, you'll find information, helpful information, about how to set up your papers, okay, how to set up the Works Cited page, how to set up the citations, how to do parenthetical documentation, the whole nine yards. And of course, this is not going to be the last audio recording that I do. Uh, prior to your paper, your papers being due, which right now I have that due date is April 6th, I will give you detailed information okay, about how I want you to cite your sources in the traditional research paper. But getting back to the presentations, are you doing papers for each of those presentations? No, you are not. The only thing you're going to turn in to me prior to each presentation is the typed outline, works cited page, okay? And of course, your PowerPoint, a visual aid, okay, that you're going to, to use in the presentation. Okay, so for the to inform presentation, what you're going to do is choose a business-related topic. Utilize that list that I sent you early on. Okay? All you're going to do is just uh, inform us, educate us about a particular program that's related to business, uh, finance. Uh, I told you early on that if you wanted to discuss the details of the $1.9 trillion pandemic bill, or law now, uh, you could. You could uh, just inform us about the major components in that law, okay? Uh, if you wanted to talk about the ACA, you could talk about uh, the major components of that law, okay? I'll leave it up to you. But I gave all of you a list that you could utilize to help you start brainstorming about the, the different topics that you could talk about. Okay, the to persuade is going to probably be uh, April uh, 13th, okay? Um, so, again, for to persuade, all you're going to do is choose a business-related topic, but this time you're going to present somewhat of an argument, but like I told you, all you're going to do is try to persuade us about your side of a particular argument. For example, ACA, you could argue for or against uh, and present your side of the argument without having to show the opposition. Okay? So the difference between to inform and to persuade is, is uh, major. For the to persuade presentation, 
you're going to actually present an argument, okay? It's only one side of the argument, but it's going to be an argument nonetheless. Can you, say, take one topic and do two presentations on it? For example, if you did your two informed presentation on the ACA, can you turn around and do a two persuade or two argue presentation on the ACA? Yes, you may. You can do that, okay? But this is what I'm going to tell you. I don't want you to do one topic more than twice, okay? So, yes, you can take one topic and approach it in two different ways, but not three, okay? So I hope you understand now the difference between to persuade and to argue. To persuade, you're showing your side of the argument and only your side. And there's only one source that will be required for that. But for the last presentation, the to argue presentation, you need to have two sources that back up your side of the argument, but you also have to uh, bring in one source that represents the opposition. Okay. The next major assignment, which all of you are starting to work on now, is the discussion forums. There will be a total of eight weekly forums. And as you already know, there's set due dates for those forums, okay? And sometimes attendance is going to be based on whether you do your response in time or not, okay? So make sure you stay on top of doing your weekly uh, forums. And all of you know by now where those forums are located, okay? So again, by the end of the session, okay, if you have completed all eight forms, you will, of course, receive a, a grade of 100, okay? So keep that in mind. The individual research paper, which is the due date for that is April 6th, what do you do for that? What, what are you supposed to, to do? Well, I want you to choose a business-related topic, and you can approach that business-related topic through either a to-inform, a to-persuade, or to-argue premise. Okay, so if you look at the instructions, I want you to have, at the very least, two sources for your paper. Okay? If you choose to do an argumentative paper, then just as with the presentation, you need to have three sources. Two for your side, one that represents the opposition. Now, how do you set up these papers? Well, I haven't done so yet, but I will send some model paper examples that you can look at and use uh, as a way to prepare your own papers, okay? But, as you can see from the instructions, you need to have at least five pages of content, complete pages. That's not including the works cited page. So you need five pages of content 
the six page should be the works cited. Now, if you want to do more than five pages, that's fine. I'm not going to limit you on how many pages beyond five you want to give me, but at least have five pages, not including the works cited page, okay? Now, how do you set up the paper? Whether it's to inform or to persuade or to argue, this is the format that you need to follow. You need to have a strong introductory paragraph, okay? And in the introduction, what you'll do is briefly outline some background information about the topic, okay? Just say something in brief about the topic, okay? And then that leads you to the last sentence in the introduction, which should be your thesis statement. And I want you to remember this. Whether it's a to-inform or to-persuade paper, you need to have a thesis statement that specifically outlines the points that you are going to discuss in the body of the paper, okay? So, for example, even if you want to just inform us about a program like the ACA, your thesis statement still needs to be concise, okay? If you don't do anything else but in the thesis statement, outline maybe two or three major components of the ACA. So I should be able to look at your thesis statement and tell point by point what is going to be discussed in the body of that paper. Okay? You may use the first-person narrative, meaning you may use I. Okay? You can say, I think or I feel. I don't mind you doing that because these papers are going to be based mainly on your opinion, your thoughts, information that you learned and you need to personalize it wherever you can within the body of the paper. So, yes, you may use the first-person narrative. You may use I. So, for example, if I was going to do an argumentative paper on the ACA, my last sentence in the introduction would read something like this. I feel that the ACA should stay intact and not be overturned by the Supreme Court because it has uh, ensured millions of Americans that would ordinarily not be insured, comma, it has stimulated the economy, comma, and it has led to more reform in the healthcare field, period. Now, those are three major points that I'm utilizing, reasons I'm using to back up why I feel the Affordable Care Act should not be overturned by the Supreme Court, which I think all of you by now know that it is before the Supreme Court. Under the Trump administration, uh, they brought it up and challenged it to the Supreme Court. Now the Supreme Court is in the process of making their decision, which we won't get until probably April or May of this year. Okay, So there is a possibility that with out of the nine justices, six of them are conservative. Uh, President Trump at the time 
knowing this, felt like if he brought it before a conservative court, that they would overturn it. Okay? There is some hope that, based on early arguments in 2020, that some of the justices were a little reluctant, even the conservative justices were reluctant about taking away people's health care during a pandemic. But we don't know how they're going to rule just yet. So the yes, there is a danger that the ACA could be overturned pretty soon. Okay? So it's not far-fetched to say with six conservative justices out of nine, it could be stricken down. So in my paper, in an argumentative paper, that would be my thesis statement, okay? And I would make mention in my introduction leading up to my thesis statement, the current status of the ACA. I would mention briefly that it is before the U.S. Supreme Court. So in the introduction paragraph, you need to say something in general about the topic, and then the last sentence should be a focused thesis statement that has two, maybe three, four components that you want to discuss. And keep this in mind. Paragraphs. When I say a paragraph, I mean five or more sentences in length. I don't like short paragraphs. So if any of your paragraphs are getting a little long, don't worry. I just don't want them too short. So Picture this, an organized paper has a strong introduction, okay, with a thesis statement as the last sentence. After your introduction, that is when you start developing paragraphs to support each of the points in your thesis statement, okay? So going back to my thesis example, what would I do in the body of that paper the very first paragraph in the body of the paper would discuss what? The first point in my thesis statement, talking about how the ACA, uh, if kept in place, will ensure millions of Americans. And then in that paragraph, what I will do is elaborate and argue on that particular point, okay? And what I'm going to do is, somewhere in the body of my paper, include three quotes if I'm doing an argumentative paper. I'm going to quote from three different sources somewhere in the body of my paper, okay? And then, of course, I'll use parenthetical documentation after those quotes, okay? So keep this in mind, that in the papers you need to bring in quotes from the required sources. For the paper, you need at least two sources if you're doing a to-inform or to-persuade paper. But if you're doing an argumentative paper, you need to quote from three sources, two that support your side of the argument and one that clearly represents the opposition. All of those sources need to be quoted somewhere in the body of the paper. So what will I do? I will go to my research databases and try to find legitimate sources that support one or more of the points that I've made in my thesis statement. So all you're doing when I say 
research and bringing in sources. All you're doing is bringing in people and quoting from people who agree with you or support at least some of what you're trying to say in the paper. Okay? So you're finding people who agree with you or support your stance. Okay? And then with the argumentative paper, you need to bring in at least uh, one opposition quote to you know, whatever your, your thesis statement is. So, two sources are required for the to inform or to persuade papers. Three sources are required for the argumentative paper. Okay? Now, continuing on with my, my argument for Obamacare, I told you you need to have a strong introduction. If I'm going to do an argumentative paper on the ACA or the Obamacare in the first half of my introduction, I will give a brief history of Obamacare, when was it passed, how long has it been in place, uh, say something in general about what it does, and then the last sentence will be my argument, my argumentative thesis. And I listed what? Three reasons why I feel it should stay in place. Then in the body of the paper, I told you, you need to devote at least a paragraph to each of those points, okay? And then bring in quotes as they apply, okay? So, if I find a source or sources that back me up on my first point, then of course within the paragraph um, that I'm discussing how important ACA is on ensuring millions of Americans, well, within that paragraph, what am I going to do? I'm going to utilize my own voice, my own argument, but I'm also going to quote from a source that backs me up on that point. So depending on what you're talking about in the body of the paper will determine when and where you utilize backup quotes. So three points in your thesis statement, meaning you're going to have at least three paragraphs in the body of the paper. And I told you paragraphs should not be short. You should have paragraphs that are at least five or more sentences in length, okay? And then, of course, the conclusion. You have to have the head, the body, and the feet. I call the concluding paragraph the feet, okay? So you, know, you don't have too much of anything if you don't have a good head, meaning if you don't have a thesis statement in, in your paper, the rest of your paper is going to probably go nowhere. Okay? A thesis statement is very, very important. So make sure that that last sentence in the introduction is a specific thesis statement. With a specific organized thesis statement, you won't have any problem organizing the paragraphs in the body of the paper. And once you have established the body of the paper, then the last paragraph, will be your conclusion. And this is what I want you to do. The first sentence in your concluding paragraph is a restatement of the original thesis statement. And then for the rest of the conclusion, this is what you need to do. You need to talk about the following things. Uh, what did you learn as a result of doing this research? Did you learn anything new? Okay, that's number one. So what did you learn? And number two, 
update us on what's currently going on with your topic. Uh, maybe you didn't have a chance to talk about certain things in the body of the paper. Well, utilize the conclusion to kind of update your readers on what is the current status of whatever your business topic was. Example, ACA. I just talked about it. You could, if you didn't talk about it in the body of the paper, you could talk about in your conclusion how it is currently before the U.S. Supreme Court. You either mention that in the introduction or you could talk about that in your conclusion. But update your reader on any current information that you didn't get a chance to talk about in the body of the paper. Okay? Next thing you need to address, how personal is this topic to you? Is there a personal experience that you can share that relates to the topic you just finished talking about? This is definitely where you could use the first-person narrative. Personalize whatever your experiences are with this particular topic. Okay? If it's the ACA, you can just briefly mention that you may have been insured through the ACA, or you may know people who have that coverage. And maybe you could briefly talk about how important it is for those people to keep the coverage. Okay? So you can personalize, bring in a personal connection uh, to the topic that you wrote about. Okay? So to recap, your concluding paragraph is where you could wrap things up by first restating your thesis statement then talking about anything learned that you didn't know before from doing the research paper. Then you could update us on the topic, uh, bring in current updated information that you didn't have a chance to mention in the body of the paper. And then, of course, a personal connection. Talk about whether you have any personal connection with the topic. Okay? So that in a nutshell, is how you need to organize the individual research project paper, which I have due on April 6th by 10 p.m. And I want you to note this as well. Uh, for the papers, do not utilize any long quotations. That takes up too much space in what is already a short paper. In other words, do not utilize any quote that's longer than four lines, four lines or more, okay? Because if you do, you have to set it off as a block quotation. And I won't go into a whole lot of detail about what a block quotation looks like, but I think a lot of you have seen them, where you indent 10 spaces from the left margin, and after you set it up as a block quotation, that long quote looks like a block on the page. It takes up entirely too much spacing, okay? And for more information on a block quotation, when I send you the MLA link, make sure that you look at what they say about the block quotation and how it actually looks, if you don't already know. So no block quotations in this paper. No quotes that are four lines or more, okay? So don't do that. Not even one block quotation should be included 
in a five-page paper, okay? So, introduction, that's where you give a brief background information on the topic. You'll go from general to specific, like an inverted pyramid. You go from a general discussion to a more specific discussion, which is in the form of your thesis statement. Make sure that your thesis statement is not too general, okay? You need to be focused and make sure that you specifically mention two, maybe three major components that you want to fully develop in the body of the paper. And in the body of the paper, you'll devote at least a paragraph to each of those points in the thesis statement. If you have three points in your thesis, you're gonna have at least three paragraphs in the body of your paper. And keep this in mind, the first sentence in each paragraph within the body of the paper, that's called the topic sentence. The first sentence is called the topic sentence. Briefly put, a topic sentence is just telling the reader what the paragraph is going to be about, okay? So, for example, if the first point in my thesis statement is to talk about the ACA and how millions of people are insured because of it, that's one of my reasons why I, I'm arguing for uh, the law not to be struck down. Okay, well, the paragraph devoted to that point, okay? The first line of that paragraph is going to say something about that first point in my thesis statement, okay? So the topic sentences, okay, tell what the paragraph is going to be about. So make sure you keep that in mind as you go from one paragraph to the other, okay? When you make these transitions, changing your discussion from one point to the next, Make sure that your topic sentences are adequate, that a reader can look at that first sentence in the paragraph and know that you're on point with what you outlined in your thesis statement, okay? So each point in the thesis statement, you should devote at least a paragraph. And then somewhere in the body of the paper, you're supposed to incorporate either two or three quotations from two or three different sources. And I told you, if it's a two-inform paper or a two-persuade paper, you only need two sources. But you also need to quote from those sources somewhere in the body of the paper. And, of course, parenthetically document those quotes. Without parenthetical documentation, you can be accused of plagiarism. So... In the MLA, MLA link that I'll be sending you, make sure that you look at how parenthetical documentation is set up, or they also call it in-text citations. And in another audio recording, I will discuss in more detail what I want to see when it comes down to setting up your parenthetical documentation. Okay? So... Somewhere in the body of the paper, you're going to quote from two or three sources, okay? And then, of course, the conclusion, I just discussed that. Restatement of the thesis statement. Then for the rest of the paragraph, concluding paragraph, you talk about what you learned, what you learned as a result of doing the research. Uh, talk about 
uh, or update us on any current information about the topic uh, and bring in any personal connections, okay, with the topic. So, paper has to be tight, it has to be double-spaced. You need to follow the guidelines, and there's visual examples under the MLA link uh, that show you how to correctly format a research paper according to MLA, okay? So what have I discussed to this point? Uh, three oral presentations, and I told you that the first one is now going to happen March 30th, not March 23rd, okay? And the first one is the two inform. Utilize that list of suggested topics or maybe the newspaper articles that I've been sending you as a foundation of uh, where you want to go as far as choosing topics. So um, make sure that you read over that list of suggested topics or even the uh, topics that are in the newspaper articles that I sent you. And choose, choose any of those topics and develop your presentation materials. Okay, so to inform, that's all you're going to do. Inform us about your chosen topic. To persuade, you're going to have an argument, but you're only going to show your side of the argument on a particular business-related topic. And then, of course, the to argue presentation, the only difference is you're going to bring in two sources that support you and bring in an opposition quote when you're doing your presentation, okay? So one source for the to inform should be listed on the works cited page. One source for the to persuade presentation should be listed on the works cited page. But there'll be three sources for the last presentation, okay? Uh, each presentation is scheduled to at least go to six or seven minutes. Try not to exceed that but if you do, I will not penalize you, okay? And, of course, on the syllabus, I make it very clear. What are you turning in? An outline, a works cited page, and, of course, your PowerPoint presentation. And I want to see those materials emailed, okay, by no later than 10 p.m. that Monday night prior to the, the set date of presentation, Okay? Discussion forums, self-explanatory. You do all of those, all eight forms, you'll get 100. If you're not doing them right, I'll let you know. But just make sure you get these forms done by the due dates because attendance is going to, for the most part, be based on whether you complete them week by week. Homework. Those homework assignments are outlined in the calendar on your syllabus, okay? Chapters 1, 2, and 3, okay? They should have pretty much already been turned in by now. But as you read on in the calendar, I want you to note that your next homework, your next chapter homework is Chapter 7, and that's not due until March the 23rd. And again, normally, 
your homework is going to be due by the day of class, 10 p.m., okay? So for Chapter 7, you need to have those exercises in, end of chapter exercises completed by 10 p.m. on March 23rd. And as you read through the calendar, you'll see where you have to do um, chapter exercises <coughs> in Chapter 11, okay? And then Chapter 16, which is going to be due close to the end of this class, okay? So keep that in mind, that weekly, sometimes you'll have homework that's due, okay? But at the end of the session, near the end of the session, what I'm going to ask all of you to do is take all of the homework assignments and put them in a compressed file. So even though you are supposed to be turning in homework throughout the session, still, to make it easy on me when I'm going to do my, my grading, uh, completely grade all these assignments, I want you to put all chapter exercises, homework, in a compressed file, in one f electronic file, and then you email that file to me by the designated due date and time, okay? So keep that in mind. When I say homework portfolio, all I'm saying is by the end of the session, you will put all of your chapter assignments in a compressed file. And I'll talk about that in more detail as the session goes on. For the team project, which is 20%, what are you doing for that? Well, in a nutshell, um, it's almost like your, your uh, individual oral presentations. The difference is that I will assign each of you to probably a total of two groups, maybe three, because there's about 11 of you in this class. But uh, I will put you probably in uh, two groups. One group may have six people, the other one may have five. Uh, I haven't made those assignments yet. But once you get your assigned group or team, then what you need to do after I've sent you the email addresses for your teammates, um, then all of you need to decide on how you want to have your meetings. Because what you're going to do is get together as a team and in one, maybe two meetings, decide who will be the leader and what particular business-related topic your team wants to discuss. Team presentations are going to be due on the last day of class. And what will you do as a, a team? You will, just like you, you did as individuals, you will... Uh, present information on a business-related topic. As a team, you can choose to do either to inform or to persuade or to argue presentation. The difference is that there'll be more than one person working on the ultimate Zoom presentation. So I would recommend that once you get your team assignments, you have a Zoom meeting or a meeting by phone, 
to discuss who's going to be the team leader, discuss how you're going to um, make assignments uh, for the individuals. So if you choose to do the ACA as a team, um, assign someone to do the research, assign someone to do the PowerPoint presentation. So it's basically what you'll be doing uh, with the, the earlier presentations, the individual presentations, okay? The only difference is you're doing it as a team and everybody needs to contribute. And on the last day of class, you could have just one spokesperson for the team present all of the information with the understanding that everybody contributed or as has been done most often, every member of the team will present his or her uh, part of the assignment. So again, all you're turning into me for the team presentation is what you turned in as individuals for the, the earlier presentations. All you turn in to me, typed outline, works cited page, and of course, a copy of your PowerPoint, okay? So really, it's just a bigger version of what you were doing as individuals um, with the three oral presentations, okay? So for the team project, I will assign you to teams, which will be coming out in the next day or so. Once you get your team assignment, okay, I will also send email addresses for everybody in this class. So everybody should take it upon themselves to get in contact with their team members, okay, and then decide on what topic you're going to discuss and then make individual assignments for each team member, okay? And if someone is not participating or contributing, I need to know early on so that not everybody suffers for the lack of one, okay? Because everybody's going to get the same grade. Everybody gets the same grade. So make sure everybody contributes. All right. Um, for now, I think that's enough said. Uh, I've already heard from one person who has to work on the, uh, the Tuesdays that this, this day was set aside for, uh, that this course was set aside for. But keep in mind, because this was scheduled as a Tuesday course, even though it's online, I was hoping that all of you would at least set aside some time on Tuesday evenings, at least a few Tuesday evenings, because if you don't participate in the library presentation or any of my Zoom presentations, you're going to get behind. You're not going to understand what's going on, okay? That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this audio recording for those people who may not, for whatever reason, be able to participate in a Tuesday night Zoom meeting. Now, if need be, I can adjust that and maybe do a Zoom meeting on a Thursday uh, if that's um, beneficial for everybody, okay? But for those of you who cannot do a Tuesday night Zoom meeting, you need to let me know. I've heard from one person, okay? Because if you can't participate, that's going to be a problem, okay? 
And again, I, I know that normally this would be a face-to-face class, but even with it being online, um, my anticipation was that most of you or all of you would at least be able to set aside some time on what was, of course, originally scheduled for Tuesday's nights, okay? I know all of you have to work, and if there's a work conflict, uh, I'm not going to uh, penalize you, but at the same time, I'm going to be very concerned because, you know, you may not be able to participate in sessions that are going to be valuable in information. But for right now, instead of your two informed presentation starting on March 23rd, okay, keep this in mind. The first Zoom meeting will be scheduled beginning around 6.30, and I'll send an invitation to all of you. And I, my hope is that all of you can participate, okay, because I may use that Zoom meeting uh, as attendance for that week. So if you can't participate, let me know ahead of time, okay? Normally, my meetings will not last uh, two hours or three hours. On the average, my meetings may last an hour, may last an hour and 15 minutes, okay? So see if you can take time to participate because you, you'll be missing valuable information if you don't. So for right now, on the 23rd, okay, is going to be the Zoom meeting. On the 30th is when the first oral presentation, the two informed presentation, is going to start. And then the two persuade uh, pre presentation will probably take place on uh, that following week, um, which is April 13th. And I'll let you know what I'm going to do as far as the two argue presentation. Okay? So keep that in mind, and for right now, uh, make sure that you're, you're keeping up to date on your forms for attendance sake. Make sure that you're preparing your homework, Chapter 7, which is due on the 23rd next week by 10 p.m., okay? Make sure that you can set aside time for the library presentation, which is scheduled for March 30th. And that presentation is going to probably start around 6.15. Okay? And I've already sent the link for that meeting. Okay. Um, I think that's enough said. Uh, I will send subsequent audio recordings and go into more detail about all of this. Uh, again, the March 23rd Zoom meeting is going to just... Uh, do what I did on this audio, uh, discuss the syllabus, talk about in more detail the, the assignments. Hopefully all of you can participate. Okay, for now, have a good night, and uh, just know that you can email me or call me if you have any questions.